was honestly a little bit tempted to start this episode by screaming as loudly as I could, but I didn't, and you're welcome for that. So welcome back to another episode of Capital Creeps. I'm Danielle, and today we're talking about another one of my favorites that I feel like is not talked about too often. Uh, I think because, again, it's one of those older legends. So there's not that many modern stories to tell. But I still think they're really fun. I still think they're really interesting. And if anything, I think it's a little bit cooler because they've been passed down in an age where it wasn't so easy to pass down this information. So today we're going to talk about the Banshee. I know last week we talked about another European monster guy, but this week we're also going to Europe, but it's a little bit different because it's not necessarily one entity. It's more like a species. So the Banshee, if you don't know, comes in a lot of different forms. I know a lot of people have one traditional idea of what a banshee is. I know I had one traditional idea of what a banshee was, but she can actually manifest herself in a lot of different ways. So the banshee is in Ireland. That's where the lore of it starts. And to this day, that's kind of mostly where you hear about the banshee is in Ireland. And depending on who you ask, Like I said, the Banshee comes in different forms. So sometimes people say that she's old, kind of like the traditional idea of like a hag. Sometimes she's a really young girl, like a child, actually. Sometimes she's wearing a veil. Sometimes she doesn't even have a head. And what I knew a Banshee to be was a woman with long silver hair and like a long white dress, that type of thing. And that seems to be the most common depiction of the Banshee, that and the old hag. And so that is kind of what she looks like. And the origins of the Banshee are from a really long time ago. The first time that historians were able to track down any sort of talk of a banshee was in the 8th century in Ireland and it came from real historical context. Women would go and sing sad songs at funerals and the songs, you know, they they would be like sad and dreary and kind of like wailing and these women were called keeners. That's what they were called. And that was their job, was to sing sad songs at funerals. Now, some people say that these women performed and as payment, they wanted to be paid in alcohol. And that later on, when the woman died, she was destined to become a banshee because she was like a bad person, you know, living her life as an alcoholic. That's... A sinful life for her to lead and because of that she was destined to become a banshee because it tied into the sins that she had done in her human life. Something that I thought was really cool that I definitely didn't know before I went into this was that like I said the banshee is a species but there 
kind of assigned to a family or a lineage and that's the only people that can see the banshee so the banshees are actually a species of fairy in irish folklore which seems kind of weird i guess because we have a very one-dimensional view of what a fairy is but i think in this definition of the word fairy it wasn't necessarily a nice cute being it was more of you know like a a magical being that takes the form of a woman so the banshee is assigned to a family and depending on how that banshee feels about the family that is where her appearance comes into play so some banshees are good banshees, actually. I didn't know this either. I thought they were all kind of bad. But the good ones, they come to sing their song for the family. And what they do is they will show up to the family a few days before someone in that family is going to die. And they are singing a song. It's, it can only be heard by that family. For the intended audience. No one else can hear the banshee singing. And it's truly an omen of. Hey. Somebody that you love is going to die soon. With the good banshees. Their songs are sad. Because they're upset. Because they love. And they care for their family. And they're concerned that someone that they love. Is going to die soon. (laughs) And so. Not a happy song. And these banshees are usually thought to be. Younger beautiful women versus the hags speaking of the hags though you get the hags whenever you have a bad banshee and her song that she sings is like yeehaw somebody i hate is gonna die soon (laughs) these banshees don't like their family or i guess maybe just this one family member these banshees are not they're happy about it they're happy or dead they're here to celebrate And so that's kind of what the banshees do. That's what they're known for is they show up and they sing their song. And depending on how they feel about you, that's how the song sounds. There is some mildly contradictory information out there about banshees because the point of the banshee is not to kill the family member, but rather to warn the family member. So it's kind of agreed upon that banshees don't do harm rather they just put out a warning but where the contradiction comes in is that some sources say that if you look into a banshee's eyes it can cause you to die because their eyes are filled with so much hatred and it's just awful what you see that it just kills you that was the only time where i saw any sort of information that didn't make that much sense Because other than that, everything is kind of everyone's all on the same page, despite the Banshee having a really long history and for a lot of that history just being shared through word of mouth. So I thought that was interesting that there was only one thing that didn't make sense. And even then, I don't feel as though it's too much of a discrepancy with the truth or, hey, you know, you if there's all these different things being said, then it makes me not want to believe in her or whatever. 
because I don't imagine that many people are looking into the Banshee's eyes because, first of all, they're outside. Banshees chill outside of your window just enough to where you can see them. And sometimes people don't even see them. Like it's very common for people to just hear them, not necessarily to see them. And so it makes sense that there wouldn't be a lot of people who even have the opportunity to look a banshee in the eye. So I guess maybe you could say, (laughs) oh yeah, well, it very rarely happens. So, you know, this adds up. Another physical feature of the Banshee is that her mouth is always open. She's always singing her song. If you ever see her and her mouth is closed, you're probably not seeing a Banshee. You're probably just seeing a regular old lady. And in that case, don't worry. All your relatives are going to be fine. With that in mind, also, I did very often see people talking about the Banshee was there to tell you that your relative was dying. I did not see a single person say that the Banshee was there to warn you of your own death. In fact, some people were even saying that the relatives can hear, but the person who is going to die can't, or that only one relative can hear, and that nobody else in the household could hear the Banshee. So I don't really think that she's there to warn you of your death just you know someone you know is going to die someone that you're probably related to I did say that the banshee is there just to warn you but there also are bad banshees and these ones sometimes have been known to cause harm because the bad banshees they like when people in the family that they have die So there are some banshees that have been known to sing excessively to the point where it drives members of the family to suicide. So she was warning of a death that she caused. That was kind of a unique situation from what I gathered because it seems like a lot of banshees are pretty neutral about the whole thing. Um, But these particularly nefarious banshees apparently do this sometimes and finally if somebody of note is going to die like somebody who's royalty or who's famous you're not just going to get one banshee that shows up you're actually going to get a group of them and so if you see a group of them you know okay like somebody who's important somehow some way is going to die soon um and then they when they disappear when they leave people report hearing the sound of bird wings flapping away I don't know what ties they have to birds but apparently that's just one random feature that they have about themselves is they sound like birds part of why the banshees kind of cemented themselves in Irish legend was because of the attention they gained during times of war. So people would say that as they were on the battlefield, they would hear a banshee crying and that would scare them because, you know, banshees mean someone's going to die. 
So they would say, oh, no, screw this fight. I don't want to fight anymore. That means we're all going to die. So they would try and turn and flee. But then the enemies would now have an entire army of people with their backs to them running away so they could easily kill them all. And that only went on to perpetrate the legend because everybody died in battle and everybody said they heard the banshee crying. So you get death, you get the banshee, it solidifies people's beliefs in the banshee. Another time where banshees made themselves known to the public was in the Irish Times. There was an article put out on April 8th of 1893 where they had readers write in about their experiences with seeing a banshee. Now, this became an entire thing and they were kind of having like a open forum through the Irish Times. They would publish letters that had been written to them in, you know, the column of the newspaper that was designated for that. And so this column became kind of dedicated to people arguing the validity of banshees. So you had one side who was saying, I've seen them before. This was my experience with them. And then the other side saying, no, there's no such thing as banshees. You guys are making this up or you guys don't know what you're talking about. And so it was just for a few months, it was a hot topic in the Irish Times, but they eventually moved on to other topics. So for a short period of time, it was all the rage in the Irish Times. Now, it wouldn't be a story about Ireland if there wasn't a castle involved, which... Since no one asked, I think I will share. (laughs) I really want to go to Ireland just to see the castles. Uh, I don't super care about anything in Ireland. I've heard it's really pretty there, but I really want to see the castles. There are a lot of famous haunted castles in Ireland, and I think that is so cool. I met a girl from Ireland one time, and she started talking to me about the castles because I asked her if she's been to them before and there was a particular castle I forget what it's called but it's haunted by the ghost of a monk and she told me that she's been there and I started describing the ghosts that haunted that castle to her and she was like oh yeah like that is exactly where I went and what they told us so uh, I think I'm not sure if she was impressed or weirded out This castle in particular became known as Shane's Castle because of one of the owners that lived at this castle. It was owned by the O'Neill family um, and Shane O'Neill was one of the owners. Um, He became one of the owners in 1607 and after that they called it Shane's Castle. Pretty easy to understand why. And something about this castle was that there was a carving of a head that was set into one of the tower walls. And it was made of stone and just like the rest of the wall. 
And so Shane was told, hey, if this head ever falls out of the wall, then the lineage of the O'Neills will end and you guys are all going to die. Um, fabulous. Awesome. I don't know what would cause the head to fall if it was set into the stone, but whatever. I guess maybe if that entire wall fell, I don't know things about this. I'm not a stone expert. Anyways, so there was a story that one day, one of the O'Neills was walking along and he sees a cow that's trapped in a hawthorn tree. And it's all tangled up in its horns. So being a good guy, he decides, I'm going to help the cow. So he goes to help the cow. He goes to free it. But he didn't know he was not supposed to do that. Hawthorns are apparently sacred to fairies. And so he messed up big time by freeing that cow because at that point, Whenever the cow had gotten trapped in the hawthorn, that cow became property of the fairies. And by freeing the cow, what he had done was stolen that cow from the fairies. So what the fairies did to them to get revenge was they took one of the O'Neill's daughters. Her name was Kathleen. And... They took her to a river and they said, hey, we're transforming you into a banshee now. And she was only allowed to go back and tell them, you're, you're never going to see me again until somebody in the family is going to die. And so from then on, Kathleen was that family's banshee and Eventually, it was said that Kathleen, in her banshee form, burned the castle down. Now, if you remember, there's a wall that shouldn't fall because if it does, the O'Neill lineage will be gone forever. They're all going to die. What's interesting, though, is that that wall with the head in it didn't fall. And so... To this day, that wall there and the head, it's still there. And so the O'Neill family is still alive today. As a matter of fact, I knew a guy in elementary school that had that last name. So I guess they're alive and well. I don't, I'm sure he's related to them somehow distantly. But you can actually go and tour the castle now. The ruins of the castle because it did catch on fire. And you can see it's still there. Um... That much actually did happen, provably happened, provably, I don't think that's the word. I'll have to look that up at a later date. But that actually did happen. They did have that castle. They It did burn down, but there are ruins and the ruins with the wall with the head in it are still there and they're still intact today. Another more modern tale of a banshee comes from our favorite website ever, Reddit. Now, I know that Anybody can say anything on Reddit, but this person claimed that they're not making a story. They are actually telling something that actually happened to them. So they said that they were of Irish descent, but at the time that this happened, they were living in New York City. 
they lived on the fifth floor of this building. If you know anything about New York, you know that everybody lives in an apartment building. And so they lived on the fifth floor. This user said that one day they were at their apartment when they heard the sound of crying, like sobbing, crying really hard. And it sounded like it was coming from outside. So they opened the window and they cried out, you know, is anybody there? Like, are you okay? What's wrong? And it was at that point that the crying turned more into a wailing and they were really confused. They didn't see anybody, but they could hear it. And it definitely sounded like it was coming from outside. At that point, their mom walks in and they say, hey, do you hear that person crying? And their mom says, no, I don't hear anybody crying. And they were in a tiny New York apartment. So there's no way that this person could hear something the mom couldn't. So they only heard it. Mom didn't hear it. And that three days later, they get a call to find that their aunt had died, that she had had leukemia, that she had died. So they say the only thing that it could be is a banshee. If you want more interesting modern banshee sightings, you can look at on YouTube. There's people who have uh, nature cams. Yeah, nature cams set out. And I saw one video of somebody claiming they heard a banshee and they played the audio from the nature clip, but I wouldn't give that too much credit in this scenario. You know, it's like you're outside, it's nighttime, it's nature. There's a lot of sounds happening and a lot of sounds we're not used to hearing because we're not awake when these sounds happen. You know, coyotes, if you've ever heard them, if you've ever been out in the middle of nowhere and heard them, they legitimately sound like crying children. It's horrifying. It's terrible. <laughs> and someone could easily mistake it for a crying baby or a banshee or whatever creature because it sounds very human-like and it kind of in pain, you know, upset. Stuff like that. I don't hear that very often, but I've heard it when I'm out in the middle of nowhere. And I was super freaked out at first until I was told, hey, that's what coyotes sound like. So if you weren't experienced in that department, you could easily think that there was something creepy going on. Although there's not much mention overtly of banshees in our modern culture, there's a lot of things that are very similar, and I think it's safe to say they borrowed a lot from the Banshee legend, um, especially since the legend of the Banshee is so old. You know, it's from so long ago. Um, the easiest one to think of is the grudge. You know, we have a lot of women with long hair and covered faces in modern horror and creepypasta and that kind of stuff that image is very scary to us you know uh and I think part of it is they're they're covered you can't see their expression and that's creepy not knowing <laughs> if somebody is looking at you if they're looking to the side of you 
if they're smiling, if they're frowning, if their mouth is open and they're screaming at the top of their lungs, we don't know. (laughs) So it makes sense that that would find its way into our culture in some form. Now, other than that, I think it's also kind of easy to figure out why the Banshees found a way into Irish culture. For me, the explanation is kind of simple. I think there's a lot of different versions of the Grim Reaper. You know, we have ours, obviously, the Grim Reaper. And I think it's because, in general, people are very weird about death. And also, a lot of the time, death is predictable. People get sick. People, for example... Even when it's unpredictable, it's predictable. You know, you get hit by, you you get in a car accident and you're in the hospital and you, you live for a couple days or a couple hours after the accident happens. But the few hours leading up to it, people are predicting where your health is going, if you're going to make it or not. So, you know, with people being weird about death and with death, often being at least a little bit predictable, it's easy to see how something could ingrain its way into the culture of, yeah, there is something that comes to warn people of impending death of someone they care about. Because another thing, they only warn family members, and that is typically who we are around right before we die. Another reason why I think they really cemented themselves in Irish culture was because of what I mentioned previously, how they found their way into warfare. That's another thing where it can be really hard to make sense of things and to understand because there's not much logic that goes into wartime. So I totally understand how something as terrible and as tragic as war could help in the creation of a monster that helps people cope because there's a lot of coping that has to go on in all areas that have to do with war. Whether you're at home, whether you're on the battlefield, you're probably going to be dealing with death in some way. So that's why I think the Banshee was passed down and managed to survive throughout all the years and through a time where, for a while, we could only pass it down through verbally, you know, word. We could only pass it down through spoken word. We couldn't really write it down or keep records of it beyond, you know, a pen and paper that we had in our nightstand. So that is it for today, you guys. I don't know why I like these monsters, but I do. I think there's now that I know, too, that they have their own family, I like them even more. There's something kind of endearing about everyone being assigned their own, like, creepy fairy lady. Apparently, she's a fairy. That makes me like her even more. Um, I like it. I think it's cool. Um, they scare me so bad. I will not watch any sort of anything that has to do with any sort of banshee type creature, but I think that they're really cool. 
and I think that they're very interesting. I always I always find a lot of interest in the monsters that have been passed down for so long. As I've said a million times, and I'll say it a million times more. I don't care. So that is it for this week, you guys. Um, thank you so much again for listening, if you are listening. And until next time, stay spooky. Bye.